Just a, just a reminder of where we're at. We're going to start a new series today. That series is called The Best Christmas Ever. And uh, so here's what I think. I think if you could just take a principle a week and apply it uh, to your lives, I think, I think that, that as you stack all those up, uh, it, it amounts to big change. Amen? And, and so this, this month we are going to bring just kind of a principle every single week that if you would just try it, apply it, put it towards your life, that at the end of this month, because uh, let's just say this, that, that, that the holidays aren't easy for everybody. Um, not always not always joyful occasion for everybody. Sometimes it's a painful reminder of what you don't have. Amen? Yeah. And, uh, and so if we can apply these things, then by the end of this month, I think that we just, we grew a whole lot. And then in January, I'm going to start a series, and that's called Explosive Habits. And we're going to talk about one habit every single week that if you just apply it to your life, that a month, from a, a month afterwards, you'll be able to, to see that God is already doing some awesome things. And so uh, today we start the best Christmas ever. We're going to talk about one thing that if you will do this starting today, and I like to give you things that you can start doing today. You don't have to have a master's degree. You don't have to have it figured out, but dang it, you can do this, and it's going to be better. All right? So here we go. You ready for our first Christmas movie? Let's show the trailer. I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and next year and the year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. George, Terry, you're shaking the house down. Stop it. Oh, let them alone. I wish I was up there with them. This is me. You remember me? George Bailey. What is it you want, Mary? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I wish I had a million dollars. Exactly 10.45 p.m. Earth time. That man will be thinking seriously of throwing away God's greatest gift. I don't want any plastics. I don't want any ground floors. And I don't want to get married ever to anyone. You understand that? I want to do what I want to do. It's a Wonderful Life. How many of you guys have seen the movie? Okay. One of, my, one, of, one of my favorites, although it took a really long time. As a kid, I, I, I didn't really like this movie a whole lot, but it was my dad's favorite movie, and he made me watch it every year, multiple times around this time. 
and, uh, and so it just became kind of like a family favorite. But there's some, there are some, some things that you can draw, and I'm going to take two lives, one from the movie, one from the Bible, then, uh, that applies to us. Amen? And if you'll just apply some of the lessons you, heard, you hear from, from George Bailey, maybe life will begin to get better. Or, or maybe I should say it like this. Well, if you apply the lessons that you learned from George Bailey. <laughs> Not bad, right? <laughs> Mr. Gower, are you there? It's me, George. Do you recognize me? We all have our talents, right? Zach, Zach, Zach's got Donald Trump. I got George Bailey. So let's look at some, some points from, from this movie, from the Word of God, and apply it to our life, can we? So I, I got bad news. The first point isn't, isn't a great one to make, but it's the truth. And the fact is, is that, number one, disappointments will come. And I think, yeah, that was a quick amen. Disappointments will come. If you have been alive very long at all, you will see that disappointments happen. Amen? Is that a fact that we are all well acquainted with? Okay. And so those who did not raise their hand has either never dealt with disappointment or their arms are broken. So uh, I don't see any casts and I don't see any slings. So I'm going to guess that their arms aren't working uh, or that they haven't been through a, uh, a disappointment. I think we've all been through it. And uh, I've been through probably more disappointment in my life than any of you could ever fathom because I'm a Michigan fan. And the past decade has been, hey, look, why throw, grave, why throw dirt on my grave? I just made fun of them myself, and you're going to boo me after that? Why don't you kick me while I'm down? Jeez. Talk about heavy-handed, Zach. Disappointments will come. Well, Merry Christmas, Pastor Terry. Thanks for that. Well, so I'm going to show you a clip from George Bailey, a man who knows disappointments. He had big plans, big dreams, and this is kind of how it all went down. So watch, watch clip one. You still want me to hang around, George? Yeah, I'll be right down. Yeah, hey, you'll miss your train. You're a week late for school already. Go on. What's going on? Oh, never mind. Don't worry about that. They're putting us out of business. So what? I can get another job. I'm only 55. 56. Go on, go on. Hey, look, you gave up your boat trip. No, you don't want to miss college, too, do you? George, George. They voted Potter down. What? They want to keep it going. Hey, hey, hey. You did it, George. Goodbye. You did it. They got one condition. Huh? Only one condition. What's that? And that's the best part of it. They've appointed George here as executive secretary to take his father's place. Oh, no, but Uncle Billy is... You can is, keep him on, that's all right. As secretary, you can hire anyone you like. Well, Dr. Cavanaugh, let's get this thing straight. I'm leaving. I'm leaving right now. I'm going to school. This is my last chance. Uncle Billy here, he's your man. But, George, they'll vote with Potter otherwise. I know, I know. He didn't go. That's right. Not only that, but he gave his school money to his brother Harry and sent him to college. Harry became a football star, made second team All-American. Well, that's disappointing, right? So here's George Bailey. His whole life, all he has ever wanted to do was get out of Bedford Falls. I hate this place. I got to get out of here. I'm going to shake the dust off my feet. I'm going to do it for a while, so you're going to have to get used to it. This is the only time I'll ever be able to... Zach can pull off Donald Trump anytime. I get one shot at George Bailey, and it's right now, so deal with it. So here's a guy. He's got all these plans, all these hopes, all these dreams, all these desires the things that he wants to accomplish in this life and over and over and over again you see him do something that many of us have done we put the greater good of our family or our business 
uh, ahead of ourselves. A- amen? Anybody ever done that before? You sacrifice of yourself, and he does that over and over and over again. You even see in a scene later that he and his wife are in the car headed to their honeymoon with thousands of dollars in their pocket. And I think that was like 19, I think it was 1946 or something like that. How much was, how much was that back then, Reverend O? I mean, you were what, about 14 or 15, right? Well, Pastor Jim's not here yet. He'll be back, and I'll make fun of him. But right now, you're my stand-in. All the times you make fun of me. I love it. He, dude, he's such a good... Like, if I ever am a stand-up comedian, I'm taking him everywhere I go. So he's got like $2,000, $3,000 in his pocket, ready to go. And there's a collapse in the market and people run on the bank and he has to give out every single dollar he has because he put his, 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 his building and loan ahead of himself. And because of that, because if you don't take care of yourself, uh, you miss out on some things. So he missed out on some dreams and he missed out on some goals and he missed out on some, he has some broken dreams and some disappointments. We see the same thing in the life of a man by the name of King David. You know, he's not always King David. At one point in time, he's just David. And, and, and David had kind of the same thing where he, he had some disappointments and some, some, some broken hopes and some things happened to him. And, and you see in the book of Psalm, verse 13, he starts talking. That's where I'm going to be the whole entire day. He starts talking about some of these disappointments. The first thing that he says in Psalm 13, chapter, chapter 13, verse 1, it says, How long, O Lord? Let's stop right there. The words, how long, O Lord, are important. Because it denotes an, a specific amount of time that this guy's already been dealing with something. Right? You don't say, how long am I going to deal with this the first five minutes in? You say it after you've been through it for a while. Right? After you've been dealing with it for, 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 for quite some time, then you say, how much longer do I have to deal with this? And that's what David's saying here. He says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Have you, any of you felt like God has hidden his face from you before? That's a disappointing feeling, isn't it? We don't like that. Now, We don't know exactly what's going on in David's life at this moment in time when he says it, but we know that he goes through a series of disappointments. Understand this. As a young man, as a as a actually as a as an adolescent, as as a preteen, he is anointed king in a pretty crazy fashion. What happens is the apostle Sam or not the apostle, the prophet Samuel shows up to his to his dad Jesse's house and he says, I need all of your sons out here because one of them is going to be anointed king. Well, King Saul's in the office right now. He's the office of king. And so he brings all of his sons, but, king, but David. David's still out there with his, with his herd, doing what he's supposed to do. Putting, he, is, he is being faithful with what he has and putting his job before the possibility of major advancement. Sound like something we just talked about, right? Amen. So David's in the, in the field, and Samuel walks through each and every brother, and he's like, nope, nope, nope. Nope, not it. Do you have any more? How many, how many of you like, like to be the brothers when that happens? Like, huh, thanks, Samuel. What are you going to say to a prophet, though? You don't want to get hit with lightning, so you just kind of deal with it. But man, that didn't feel good. So they bring David, and he says, this is the one. And he breaks open a flask of oil, and he anoints him king. 
That happens in his childhood. But he doesn't become king until he's almost 30 years old. So think about that for a second. Talk about disappointment. This young man has to wait somewhere in the neighborhood of 17 years. While that's going on, he's invited to the, the, the king's courts and plays, plays harp for him because, because the king is, is being tormented because of some mistakes that he made. And the king finally gets mad at him and throws a spear at him. And now David's on the run for his life. These are the things that David's dealing with when he says, how long, O Lord, will I deal with these things? And how long will you forget me? I hope that you don't ever feel like God has forgotten you. Amen. One thing that I love to pray over people is I love to pray, and it happens all the time, and I love it, is I pray, God, I pray that you would show them in a way that only they would understand in the next few days that you have not forgotten this person. And when it happens, it's mind-blowing. It's amazing. David says, God, how long will you forget me? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? And he is a man who's dealing with disappointments. Guys, I got to tell you something. That's something that we're going to deal with as well. Amen. Amen? You're going to have things in your life happen that will disappoint you. People will hurt you. Amen? Because we're all human and we're all jacked up and we all have that same DNA where it is within each and every one of us the propensity to get it wrong. Amen? And yeah, you can look it up. I used the word propensity correctly there. So deal with that too. Thank you. I got a thesaurus for my birthday and I'm just trying it out. So... Each and every one of us have the ability to get it wrong, and every time one of us gets it wrong, it hurts somebody else. It costs somebody else. It disappoints somebody else. So because we all have the ability to do that, we all have the ability to thrust other people into disappointment or even ourselves. And if you've been around at all, this has been a rough, rough year. I don't want, look, when we hit 2021, I'm done talking about 2020. 2020, I've said it before, I will say it again, has been straight hot dog water. I remember when I was a kid, my dad used to drink Mountain Dew. He loved his Mountain Dew. And my dad could drink a whole entire Mountain Dew without taking a breath. Consequently, I developed that talent with beer when I got a little older. I, did, I think I got it from him, but anyway, we'll... Now it's water, bottled water I can do that with. So my dad loved Mountain Dew. And a couple different times, something like this has happened to me. One time it was dish soap. But this time in particular, my dad was working on a project where he was painting his van. And he finished his Mountain Dew bottle. And this was back when they had glass bottles. How many remember those days? Right? Okay, and you had to return them. Right? And yeah, okay. So this was back then. My dad had a Mountain Dew sitting there, and I was just known for walking up and grabbing my dad's drink or my mom's drink and just going to work. Little did I know that there was paint thinner in that one. That scenario paints a clear picture of what 2020 has been for all of us. We thought we were getting Mountain Dew, but we got paint thinner instead. Amen? That's been 2020 for us. We had all these plans as a church, and I'm telling you, when we get, when we get to this annual meeting that we're going to do, you're going to be blown away at what we were still able to, to accomplish for the Lord this year. It's pretty awesome. 
But one of the things that we didn't get to do was hang out near enough. We didn't get to spend time together. We had a couple different unites, and then all heck broke loose. And so we've missed out on some fellowship, and we've missed out on some relationships. And, and there were all these things that have happened over the year that just has been really disappointing. One of the truest things I've ever seen was a commercial, and a guy had a coffee mug, and it had the star rating, and it said 2020, one star, not good, don't recommend. I'm like, man, so true. But even before 2020, disappointment was prevalent in everybody's life. We all deal with it. Kind of like the moment you light a firework and you expect it to go off and it's a dud. That's the disappointment you feel. Amen? Amen. And we all deal with it. And maybe even right now, you're starting to replay some disappointments you've had in your mind and and you're starting to, to think about those things and even probably losing heart. But here's the fact. The fact is we're all going to face disappointment. The truth is, though, we all have the option of how we look at the disappointment. We have two options. And and I believe if you choose the right option, your peace and your joy will increase and your sorrow will decrease. You can't put a price on that kind of gift. Amen? Amen? So what are our options? The first one, let's, let's look at the one that's probably not the best idea. Number one, we look at God through the lens of our disappointments. Now, I've talked about the lenses that you view life through. You look at, you look at George. He never gets to go to college. He got stuck in a small town, never got to travel the world, living in his younger brother's shadow. Could you imagine you give your brother your college money? He goes off, starts playing football, becomes an All-American How excited would you be? You'd be happy for him, but you'd also struggle with that. Just when you think you're going to leave town, you get thrown into this business. And just when you think the business is going to be okay, your forgetful uncle loses $8,000. That's a lot of money back then. That's a lot of money now. His uncle. I don't like that guy. Anybody just want to punch Uncle Billy in the face? Anybody other than me? Just be real. If you want to punch Uncle Billy in the face, let me see your hand. Who will stand with me and say that they would punch Uncle Billy in the face? Okay. Thank you for being honest, young man. Thank you. Did I see Lori Borsier raise her hand? Or was it Dan? Oh, it was Diana. Thank you. Okay. All right. At least you're honest. His, his uncle loses $8,000, thrust them in, and now he's facing all kinds of things like imprisonment. Well, that's disappointing. Well, that's disappointing. It's funnier when you say it that way, but still stinks. And so he's looking at life through all these disappointments. And this is how he responds. Check it out. Only one way you can help me. You don't happen to have 8,000 bucks on you. Oh, no, no. We don't use money in heaven. Oh, yeah, that's right. I keep forgetting that. Comes in pretty handy down here, bub. Oh, touch, touch, touch. I found it out a little late. I'm worth more dead than alive. Oh, this isn't going to be so easy. Yeah, so you still think killing yourself would make everyone feel happier, eh? Well, I don't know. I guess you're right. I suppose it'd been better if I'd never been born at all. What'd you say? I said I wish I'd never been born. Oh, you mustn't say things like that. You... Wait a minute. 
Wait a minute, that's an idea. What do you think? Yeah, that'll do it. All right. You've got your wish. You've never been bored. You don't have to make all that fuss about it. What'd you say? You've never been born. You don't exist. You haven't a care in the world. No worries, no obligations, no $8,000 to get, no potter looking for you with a sheriff. Say something else in that ear. Sure, you can hear out of it. What's well, a doggone thing? I haven't heard anything out of that ear since I was a kid. Must be that jump in that cold water. Your lips stop bleeding too, George. I'm not sure of anything anymore. All I know is this should be Bailey Park. But where are the houses? You weren't here to build them. Your brother, Harry Bailey, broke through the ice and was drowned at the age of nine. That's a lie. Harry Bailey went to war. He got the Congressional Medal of Honor. He saved the lives of every man on that transport. Every man on that transport died. Harry wasn't there to save them because you weren't there to save Harry. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? Mm. So here you have George Bailey, and he's looking at his dis life, looking at his life through the lens of all of his disappointment. And it causes him to go to some pretty dark places. And, and I, I think it's different for everybody in how they respond. I think that each of us, when we go through these things, it causes us to look a little bit different. Some might, some might say, I wish I was never born. Some may say, I, wanna, I, I should hurt myself. Others just want to kind of crawl in a hole and, and sleep for the next 20 years. Rip Van Winkle style, you know what I'm saying? But no matter who you are, I think we all have the tendency to look at our life and look at God, most importantly, through the lens of our disappointment. Even King David, even David before he was king, verses 2, 3, and 4, he goes on to say, how long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider me and hear me, O Lord. Enlighten my eyes, lest, sleep, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say that I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Here's David. And David is a man after God's own heart and yet still he's viewing god through the lens of his disappointment amen? amen so he's looking at all the things that he's going through and all the things that he's dealing with and what does he do he sees god through those things and it causes him to say am i going to live like this forever is this is it and he begins to lose heart and i think that's the heart of the entire thing is we often lose heart because of disappointment right? Over and over and over again, we go through something and we lose heart. Just like George, just like David. We tend to lose heart, and check this out, we forget who we are in Christ because we forget who Christ is in us. 
causes us to lose heart. We forget who we are in him and what we have available to us and the strength that lies within the man or woman of God. Because we forget that God is, because we're viewing through the lens of all the struggle that we've ever seen, we forget that God is saying, I dwell within you. And I'm your, I'm your purpose, and I'm your destiny, I, I'm, your, I'm your strength, and I'm your refuge, and your ever-present help in the time of need. And we say, no, 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 God, you don't understand. I'm going through all these things. And I was like, I know that, but focus on me. But we focus on the struggle, and we focus on where we, where we deal with our disappointment rather than focusing on him. Many people deal with this. They can find the cloud in every silver lining. You know what I'm saying? You ever met one of those people, kind of got like the spirit of Eeyore about them? How many of you know an Eeyore in your life? What do I say almost every week? If you don't know them, it's probably you. Right? The spirit of Eeyore. Well, that's a nice car, Eeyore. Well, it's not much of a car. That's not great. I sounded more like John Wayne. I'll fix his wagon. It's all right. My... My Scottish accent comes out Mexican. I, I, I'm not great at some of these things. Pretty much George Bailey and the Water Boys, all I got. George said he was better off dead than alive, worth more dead than alive. But when we lose heart, what do we say about ourselves? When we go through the things that we've gone through, where do we go? Do we. Do we look at God through the lens of our disappointment? Or do we do what we should be doing? Look at our disappointment through the lens of God. Amen? Let's talk about George again. George catches a glimpse of what life would look like without him. Because he was taking his eyes and looking at his life through the lens of disappointment, he spiraled. But then he gets a vision of what that looks like, and it changes his perspective. And I'm telling you, perspective is absolutely everything. How you look at whatever situation you're in is absolutely everything. Now, I'm not asking you to, find, to, to be the kind of person who, <laughs> I, don't, we, don't we all just kind of get a little worried, or not, not worried, annoyed at the, uh, at the consummate optimist? You know what I mean? Like, sometimes we just get annoyed with that person. Sometimes life just stinks right? But can we look at our disappointment through the lens of God? Can we allow it to change our perspective? Let's see what George looks like after his perspective change. Please, I want to live again. I want to live again. I want to live again. Please, God, let me live again. Hey, George! George! You all right? Hey, what's the matter? Now, get out of here, Bert, or I'll hit you again. Get out of here. What the Sam Hill are you yelling for, George? You... George. Bert, do you know me? Know you? <laughs> you kidding? I've been looking all over town trying to find you. I saw your car piled into that tree down there, and I thought maybe you... Hey, your mouth's bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? What you... <laughs> My mouth's bleeding, Bert! My mouth's bleeding! Zuzu's pedals! Zuzu! There they are! Bert! What do you know about that? Merry 
Well, Merry Christmas. Telegram. Good idea, Ernie. A toast <laughs> to my big brother George, the richest man in town. Oh man, that's a feel-good moment right there. Going through everything we went through and talked about everything that we talked about, so that we could have that moment is a beautiful thing, right? So George has a perspective change, and because he's no longer viewing life through the lens of his disappointment, he's now grateful for everything. Hmm. I don't know about you, but that's where I want to live my life. You, you understand what I'm saying? Even King David, even David has that same exact thing happen, even in the scripture. So first one, he says, how long will I deal with this, O God? Then he says, how long will my enemies triumph over me? How long will I deal with this? How, I'm worried that I'm even going to die in the middle of this. But then in verses 5 and 6, here's what he says. But I have trusted in your mercy that my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Do you understand? Do you understand? King Saul didn't walk up to, to David and be like, David, bro, I was wrong. I'm sorry about that time where I threw the spear at you and I sent all my soldiers after you to kill you. My bad. All that's still going on. But something has happened, and now he's looking at it differently. Just like George, something has happened, and he's looking at it differently. He has had a change in the things that he views. And instead of viewing his life through the lens of all the disappointments, now he is viewing all the disappointments through the lens of God. And it creates a grateful heart. I want to live that kind of life. Life's never going to be perfect. There's never going to come a time where you're like, okay, we're set now. Nothing needs to change. Life is perfect. If you're looking for that, you will be disappointed over and over and over again because that fairy tale doesn't exist. But how you look at your life and you look at your disappointments changes everything. What are you looking at? What are you looking through? Are you looking at your life and you looking at God through the lens of your disappointment, finding the silver, the, the cloud and ever silver lining? Or are you looking at your disappointments through the lens of the grace of God? That though I'm still dealing with it, though it's still not easy, though I'm still frustrated, though it's still hard, God is good. And I'm going to be just fine. 
I'm going to be grateful for what I have, and no longer am I going to be frustrated at what I don't have. I'm going, to fo- I'm going to focus on the fact that I have far greater than I lack. It's not about a change in your circumstances. It's about a change in the way that you view them. And I'm just going to be honest with you. In the middle of this season, it is sometimes hard for people. And I just want to challenge you, rather than looking at your life and looking at God through the lens of the things that have hurt you and disappointed you, why don't you look at your life and the things that has been thrown at it through the lens of a great and mighty God who is there even in the midst of that? When you do, there is a shift in the way that you see things. And there's a shift in the way that you handle things. You, you now have a grateful heart. And I'm telling you that a grateful heart is the way to live your life. In everything, it's, it's the best way is to live grateful. For every inch you're given, be grateful. And I'm just going to say this. At the end of your life, if all you have is Jesus and a room full of people that say that their life is better simply because they knew you, that says that their life is better because you were a part of it, then you will be far wealthier than you could have ever imagined. Amen? And if we have that perspective in a season like now, where 2020's been what? Hot dog water. But God is good. And yeah, I haven't gotten to do some of the things. Our Dude Perfect trip got, got canceled this year. We were going to go watch Dude Perfect with the kids. We, that was their Christmas present last year. It got canceled. But you know what I got instead? I got to spend time at home with my family more often. I got to have more dinners around the kitchen table than I've ever had before. I've had to help my kids with math, and that's probably the cloud and the silver lining. Wow, I'm horrible at that. Can I look at the things that I'm going through the lens, through the lens of a great and mighty God? And at the end of my life, if all I have is Jesus and people who say, I am who I am because God placed you in my life, and that's more than enough. One of the greatest moments that ever happened in my life, and, and it, was, it was before I became a pastor, I was still coaching junior high football, and I was taking my football players to youth group on Wednesday nights after practice. And so I, I had taken this one kid named Brian, and Brian had been through a lot. Just, you know, he had had, he'd had a lot of death in his family. He'd had a couple different, you know, fathers and stepfathers, and they all just passed away. It was, it was brutal. Mom was in the throes of addiction, and, um, and he really took to the things of God. And he started coming to church with me, him and about 15 other football players. This is what led to me becoming a pastor, right? And there was one time we were sitting in a small group, and Brian was there. I was leading the small group, and the question was, what is the, what is the thing in this life that you're most grateful for? Tara, this was at your house this happened. I remember it plain as day. Christy, you were there. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember because it was more about me than you, so you might have forgotten. But we were at your guys' house, at mom and dad's house, and we were doing this small group, and I asked the question, what's the thing in this life that you're, great, you're most grateful for? And everybody said, you know, what, what they said, and they were all good answers, but this one kid said, I think probably meeting you. And I'm like... He's like, if I hadn't met you and started coming to church and I wouldn't have met Jesus. 
and I wouldn't have had my life changed by this amazing God. And I'm like, thank God for what God does, not because of me. But if I just have a life where at the end of it, I've got a couple people that can say that, and I've got the love of Jesus as I'm breathing my last, then I will have considered myself the luckiest and wealthiest man in the world. Because it's what you view this life through. Go ahead and stand to your feet. So this year, challenge number one, don't view your life and your God through the lens of the things that has disappointed you. Rather, view your life and your, li- and your things that have, that have been disappointing in your life through the lens of God and his grace and watch what happens to your heart. There's a shift. There's a change. And you become grateful for everything. And when you are grateful for everything, you see the greatness in anything. When you see the greatness in anything, God says, okay, there's somebody I can work with. I can give them even more. And God will do more in you and through you. So yeah, 2020 stunk. It's been what? Hot dog water. But God is good. And God has been good to you. And we're here today. And we have a reason to celebrate. And now we're heading into... Christmas season where we get to celebrate the birth of our Savior Jesus. What could be better? So let's view all those things through the lens of God's grace. I just want to point out, I'm looking at Becky Massey here. Fell and broke both of her ankles at the same time. And just fought tooth and nail to get back to the house of God and give him praise. That's what I'm talking about. Amen? Listen, I got to let you go. Altars are open. If you're here and you're like, you know what? I've suffered some disappointment and I'm not in a good mood about it. It kind of stinks. You know what? Why don't you take it to the Lord? Why don't you take it to the altar? And why don't you leave it there, pick up joy, and head home to your family? Amen? I talked with you about giving your life to Jesus. If you've not yet done that and you want to talk to me, I'll be right here. If you want prayer, we can have some people pray with you. But the altars are open. If you got to go, you got to go. But we are going to view this life and all of its little ins and outs and struggles through the lens of of an amazing God and let that bring us grace and let that bring us a grateful heart. Amen? Father, thank you for my friends. I pray a blessing over them today. I pray that we would view all of life's disappointments, all of life's little struggles through the lens of a great and mighty God who loves us and who is good to us. And Lord, let it create within us a a clean heart, a grateful heart, grateful for all that you have done. It'll change everything in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Altar's open. You want to come talk to me? Come talk to me. We love you guys.